My name is Melissa Seattle. I was born on September 18, 1968, in Rahway, New Jersey, to a 17-year-old single mother. She chose not to keep me, and I was put up for adoption. My parents adopted me as an infant and raised me in a loving home and then adopted my younger brother three years later. My mom took me and my brother to church and Sunday school regularly. My dad did not go other than on Christmas and Easter. I hated church. I found it boring, meaningless, and I had no friends. When I was about 13, I stopped going. Years passed, and after graduating from Albright College and dropping out of graduate school at Bucknell University, I moved to the Washington, D.C. area to do research at the National Museum of Natural History and lived with my aunt, uncle, and cousins, who I saw as religious. I could see that they were different and had close relationships with people. They invited me to attend Bible studies in their home. I declined all but one time. I just thought they were Bible bangers. I knew they went to church, but I didn't realize at the time that their rich lives were a fruit of having a relationship with the one they went to church to worship, Christ. I guess somehow that message got lost on me as I was not in a place to hear it, but a seed was planted. I ended up leaving Washington and moved back to Reading where I had grown up. I got a job and I got married in 1992. In hindsight, I can see that this relationship was founded on all the wrong things. I was so confused about God and had no idea about who he was and who he wanted to be in my life. I thought it important to be married in a church, but refused to have the name of Jesus Christ uttered in the ceremony. I knew as I walked out of the church that I had just made the biggest mistake of my life in getting married. The marriage was short-lived, and it was as a result of the end of this marriage that I developed a personal relationship with Christ. I was pained by the decision to divorce and took a much-needed vacation to Washington, D.C. at the end of October 1993. I spent time visiting with friends and spent time with my cousin Suzanne, with whom I had lived before. One night, while we were lying in the twin beds in her room, I started to cry and tell her more about my situation. She came up next to my bed and read Psalm 139 to me now one of my favorites. She was planning to go to a retreat for young adults that weekend and asked me to join her. I told her I would think about it, feeling deep down that it was not my cup of tea. I committed and then decommitted. I remember she was really irritated with me as the retreat organizers had gone out of their way to accommodate me at the last minute. So I essentially went out of guilt, but God had other ideas. While there, I met the most warm and welcoming people, I sensed deep and meaningful relationships like I had experienced with Suzanne and her family and their friends. What could this be? An older woman who had never married taught on Luke chapter 8, the story about the woman who had the bleeding issue and was a social outcast. She touched the hem of Christ's robe. He felt power go out from him. He asked who touched him, and she came forward. He called her daughter and told her that she was healed. He called her daughter when everyone else saw her as a social outcast. I felt like I had a scarlet D on my forehead for divorce. If he could love her, then could he love me, the young woman who earlier that week had made the decision to go through with her divorce? At that retreat, I met a young man who, with my cousin, patiently answered questions after question and pointed me to scripture. Max and I exchanged letters every few days that were full of theological questions and answers. He was faithful to point me to the word with each one. 
I read the book of John and took lots of notes and wrote down even more questions. Just over three weeks after that retreat, on November 15, 1993, I wrote a letter to God in my journal telling him that I wanted to be his follower and live my life according to his plan. I told him that I wanted to wake up in the morning and ask how I could serve him. I'm honored to be your daughter, and I hope that I can bring pleasure to you and to the lives of others, I wrote. At that point, I was living in New York State, where I was working for Guiding Eyes for the Blind, a guide dog school. I loved my job, but quit and moved to D.C. because I knew that if I wanted to live the Christian life, that I needed to be in community to do it. So I moved back to D.C. to live amongst the community of people whom I had met through the retreat. It was at, my weekly, at a weekly prayer breakfast that I attended in downtown Washington where I met the man that would be my second husband. We were both involved with ministries that worked with children in the inner city. We were married in 1997. This marriage lasted 19 years. Our union gave me three amazing kids, boys 19 and 15, and a daughter 17. The marriage, however, was not a healthy one. Not long after we were married, alcoholism and verbal abuse began. There were lies, deception, and manipulation. He chose to live overseas for close to half of the time we were married and was unable to support us. In fact, the last six years of our marriage, he rarely sent money and never came home despite multiple promises to do so. Family relationships were strained. We lost friends. We lost a car. We lost our house. And then another. I had three miscarriages. As you can imagine, this, combined with the toxicity of the relationship, has proven to be a difficult trial for me and my children, but an amazing opportunity for the Lord to show his love and care for me and my kids through the support of family and a strong community at my former church and care group there. For seven years, my kids and I lived with my mom in her home in the Reading area. We came for Easter in 2010, thinking we were using her house as a jumping-off point to move to Europe to join my husband. We never went, and he never came back. My mom was so very good to us, and God used her in amazing ways as she served us tirelessly for so many years. That said, she could not replace an absentee husband or father. After much prayer and pastoral counsel, I decided to end the marriage. We had been abandoned, and I fully believe that God gave me the freedom to remarry. This was not a decision that I took lightly. Would I ever marry again? Would anyone have me, a twice-divorced woman with three teenagers? Well, I met Bob Seattle through Christian Mingle on Thanksgiving Day. Our first date was a five-hour di- five hours at a diner in West Reading. We never looked back. Bob leaped into the life of my family and embraced not only me, but my kids and my mom. He has such a servant's heart. This past July 29th, Bob and I were married. My, how the Lord has answered my prayers. Since my college days, I had longed to be a wife and a mother, and now I am living that dream. God has been so faithful to give me the desires of my heart. Bob does such a great job loving me, leading me, and caring for me and my children and my mom. God was so very kind to cross our paths online and now put us on the same path, pursuing Christ together and growing in our marriage. I had no idea that marriage could be such a wonderful partnership. Seeds were planted for years in my life before I came to a place of saving faith in Christ. Life has been full of challenges, but throughout the years, God's overarching messages to me have been these. He is sovereign over all. 
In Ephesians 1, 11 and 12, the word says, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Number two, he loves me and will never leave me. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Psalm 73, verse 26. Number three, never give up. In Galatians 6, 9, it says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Number four, he wants to be glorified in and through my life. The Westminster Confession's first question asks, What is the chief end of man? The answer is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And number five, biblical, biblical community is important. There is no way that I could have made it through the hard seasons without the support of great friends and family in the body of Christ Carry each each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ, says Galatians 6.2. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching, Hebrews 10.24-25. He continues to mold and shape me and refine me, And it is not always pleasant, even though I am living the life that I had so long waited for. I trust in Romans 8.28, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. I'm excited to see how his sovereign hand is going to continue to move in my life and how God is going to weave me into a new community here in Bucks County.